Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Stephanie, welcome. Hey, hon. So we've got a great topic, as we always do. Here we are, Sunday evening, which is generally when we do it. Actually, it's Monday. It's a long weekend. So it was Monday evening when we usually uh, spend a little bit of time having a glass of wine, shooting our podcast, end of the weekend. In this case, it's a long weekend. So here we are. The big weekend. We had our anniversary, 27 years, celebrated on Friday night. And then we had a surprise party for JD for her birthday and uh we've got your big birthday coming up this week as well i know another milestone birthday it's a busy summer our summers are always busy lots of celebrations anniversaries birthdays it is a busy time definitely at the francie ranch okay so we got a big topic and you know it kind of plays into a couple of cool conversations you know not the least of which is when we first got together 32 years ago the anniversary we celebrated was 27 years of marriage together for 32 years and somewhere in that time frame of between about 27 and 32 uh, we had an interesting conversation and it was based on the fact that you used to affectionately refer to me as your favorite neanderthal and uh, no i never took that as an insult ever i realized that i had uh, hitched my wagon to a very powerful woman and and i knew i had to elevate and so it took me a while to figure out what that all meant. But anyways, your favorite Neanderthal, well, I, what did it mean for you? Well, to me, it meant that for me, I loved your masculinity. I am a big, huge fan of men embracing and empowering their own true masculinity with a balance that you had with, with so much class, yet at the same time, you could fix anything. You could fix a car. You were self-employed. You built things. You also had this amazing MacGyver quality that I would, you know, take a piece of rope and next thing you know, you're building a table. I, I just don't know how you did that stuff. But that's what I loved about you, that there was an evolution. And that's why, you know, my favorite Neanderthal came is that the Neanderthals had to, they had to evolve. And that's what you were. And I, I just loved that. And uh, I'm so glad you didn't take it personally. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, not about me, but just about that evolution, those decisions that we make to define ourselves. And before we get started, and because we're trying to build our YouTube channel, if you're listening to this on audio, just know that we are building our YouTube channel and encouraging people, as I am doing right now, to subscribe, comment, put the bell on for notifications, do all the things that we need to do to build a YouTube channel. And comments help, likes help, subscriptions help. And those are all things that drive those algorithms. Love to build this community of Mindset Matters on YouTube as well as the audio. And if we could get YouTube anywhere close to what we do in the audio side of it, we'd be even more, uh, I guess, thrilled about it to build this community. So go ahead and do that. And let's get on with this topic of 
your favorite Neanderthal? What's the topic? No, <laughs> well, it's, it's no, not, not at all. It's future <laughs> self. We're calling it future self. Okay, we'll call it future self. So, you know, we launched our shift program as well. We are launching it, I should say. We've made the announcement that we're kicking it off in September. If you're interested in working with Stephanie and I in this context called shift, setting honest intentions for transformation, you can go to the link in the description and or the show notes and find out about that, how you can be part of the shift program kicking off in September, get the details to that. And this conversation today is actually a little bit about in terms of the work that we do. It's just one example of some of the many bodies of work we do, how we support clients in achieving their uh, future state, the outcomes that they want to have and how we get them there in a really powerful way by design. And by design is really the I guess could be the conversation today when you think about future state, how do you have that future state and do it by design so that you're being proactive in setting the trajectory for your future self and being very clear and intentional about doing that. And that really was, I guess, back in those days, you know, I think, gosh, did I just say that? I am getting old. <laughs> but back at that time in our life when uh, you were teasing me and giving me the gears about being your favorite Neanderthal, it was just about my own evolution, you know, about taking my masculinity, my manhood, if you will, and really taking it to a next level of, okay, you're kind of a man's man, you can fight the fights and you can, you know, wrangle those cattle and break those horses and fix that stuff. That's really cool, masculine stuff. And I love that. But where's that refinement? Where's that next level of masculinity of being a man and doing it by design, intentional? So that's kind of, is that setting the trajectory for this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think one of the things that had we been conscious of it like, even 32 years ago, we were really doing that. But I think working backwards from the kind of life we wanted and, you know, we're both sort of a couple of North side kids from the wrong side of the tracks. And, you know, it wasn't enough for me just to live to a place of mediocrity or average or being normal. So I think what happened is we started on a path together where I, I didn't just challenge you in that regard. I was challenging myself. And as I was learning out about how to be a woman in a man's world, especially in, in, in the NHL, there was not a lot of places where I got to really own my, my femininity. I got to you know, access my sacred masculine on many levels. But what really changed for me is when I realized I didn't ever have to be one of the guys. And that shifted my trajectory into the kind of woman I wanted to be. I wanted to be a powerful woman, but I wanted to be a sensitive and loving wife. I wanted to be a nurturing bonus mom. I wanted to be a partner. I wanted to be pe oh, somebody who people could look to and feel um, empowered and trusted by. So I had to bring that forward, but I said it intentionally when I realized I couldn't be one of the guys. I didn't want to fit in. I didn't want to try too hard. I didn't want to have to lead with my sexuality. I wanted to be respected just as a, a, a human being with a nice balance between my sacred masculine and my sacred feminine, which is what I call it. And I think you really helped me in that as well. But I remember after training camp a couple of years, you know, it was exhausting for me to try to, you know, kind of depress or minimize that feminine side of me and still be powerful and masculine at the same time until I realized that the vulnerability and the surrender that it took to just be myself was much easier than trying to pretend to be something that I wasn't. Well, that's such an interesting point of I guess, again, context, because when we look at who you were, and, and this isn't about you, and, and hopefully 
other women out there who in fact have amazing careers and who are really clear in what they want to do and whether it's a mom or a career or an entrepreneur you know the point of it is is back in that period of our life you know we think about you as a young athletic female hanging up and hanging out i should say with a bunch of men and you really had to figure out who you were going to be in the context of hanging out with like dozens of you know, NHL hockey players, wannabe NHL hockey players, athletes, if you will, all male, and you're a female. And it really was defining that because you're walking into a space where you're the only woman. How do you exist in that space, given who the men were in that place called a man's sport in hockey at the time? And, you know, you really think about it, you had to be pretty clear. You had to get there somehow. What was it for you in terms of when you think about that time, realizing that you're not one of the guys, how do you actually set yourself up? You know, I mean, there's lots of lessons learned. You were in the NHL for a number of years. So what do you think was the big realization for you in terms of how you had to show up? Well, I think, thanks for that. I think the biggest thing, 14 years in the NHL, I I don't know if that's, you know, a record (laughs) um, for somebody, but ultimately what I've learned of that and what I brought forward into my coaching and into our programs is living life backwards. I knew that someday it was going to come to an end. I was not in any fantasy that this was going to be me forever. I was going to be super hot, best shape of my life. And I was going to be 27 for the rest of my life. No, that wasn't it. I knew that one day I was going to step out of that environment. And what I wanted to leave for myself was a squeaky clean reputation. Somebody that would talk about me in the future would say, you know what? She really showed up. She didn't You know, she didn't lead with her sexuality. She didn't drop her gear. She kept her nose clean. I wanted, I started setting those intentions very early on in my career because I knew how vulnerable I, if I made a mistake, screwed up, showed up at the wrong bar at the wrong time, dated the wrong guy at the time. And then ultimately I knew my reputation was, would be, would be compromised. And I wasn't prepared to do that. And I don't know how I knew that. I knew my mom had taught me a lot about being a a woman in a man's world. But I, she never said, you don't have to be yourself. You don't have to not be a woman. You don't have to try to be, you know, put the boots on and be the guy, you know, be, go smoke with, in, you know, behind the bar. That was never how I held it. But back to our future self conversation is I knew one day it was going to end. I wanted to be the person that could turn around and look and be proud of my career, be proud of myself, be proud of the values that I set and that I stuck, that I, and I stood my ground. So that when I was going to build my what's next, which I had no idea what that was going to be into the personal coaching and the personal and performance psychology realm, I didn't know that was going to happen. But I knew that I needed a reputation that was going to carry me forward regardless. And I think that's what we're talking about right now is round trajectory. I was working backwards from who I wanted people to talk about me in, in, in whatever way they were going to talk about me. I wanted it to be in a positive way. Well, I think, you know, it's... The point of this, I guess, conversation for me is to, you know, share with listeners some thought processes around defining who you say you want to be and looking ahead and into the future and going, if that's who I want to be in a future state, how do I get there? How do I start to develop, you know, those characteristics? How do I, I guess, adopt that mindset and think about what do you have to do to get to that place? Now, let me give you uh, try and give you some experience or some examples based on our experience. You know, we go back to you know Stephanie sharing with her, you know, with you that 
you know, she referred to me as her favorite Neanderthal. And that was just me being so rough around the edges, you know, trying to prove myself as a man, doing all the things that I needed to do or I felt I needed to do back then was the realization at some point that, holy cow, it's a choice. And if I want to show up, I have to start looking into the future, but also I have to have a model. So for me, I was looking at other successful business people that I admired, individuals and, you know, particularly men, of course, who I looked at and went, wow, you know, I like how they show up. And they weren't rough around the edges. They were actually quite refined. They were thoughtful in how they approached subject. They weren't necessarily confrontational, which to this day, I can be quite controversial or <laughs> confrontational if challenged, but you know, because I push back. But the point of it, I guess, is that when I looked at some of the men that I admired and very, very successful, certainly in any rights, I guess, if any by anybody's definition, uh, I started to realize that I had to change a little bit about how I reacted to situations, how I showed up, how I interacted with people you know i've shared on more than one occasion you know the 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 feedback i got once about how curt and abrupt i was and or how intimidating i was and i went holy cow none of that is my attention but yet that's how i occurred so i had to actually really observe and then make adjustments for how i was showing up and who i was being it was intentional now i'm going to stop there for a second just let you have you got any comments on that so far no, I, I think it's good because it's really allowing us to bring some of our, our past selves back as to when we decided, consciously or unconsciously, to build our life on purpose, build it by design and work backwards from not just what we thought it would look like, but what do we want? For me, it was what I wanted my life to feel like. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to feel uh, busy and heavy and complicated and hard. And that's that didn't interest me at all. I wanted to take the skills and the gifts and the and the learnings that I was, you know, working on at that time. And I wanted to have a life that could feel, the big word for me back then was flow. I wanted flow. I wanted peace. I wanted, you know, to access joy. I wanted to have certain things about around abundance and a prosperity mindset. And I wanted to be able to make a contribution on the planet. So those were my quote unquote goals. And those were my desired outcomes. And what it did is it forced me to narrow my focus is that if that's what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be, as to Dennis Waitley, his quote, his famous quote is, you know, you set a goal in order to become the person that either has earned or deserves to be that. You don't set it just to blow your life up. Because when you set a goal, this mini crisis goes off in your mind and all the things that come in to tell you that you can't have that happen. So if you don't, commit to a bigger why or something that you can actually see or visualize in the future, then it's very difficult to take the smallest next right step in the direction of that outcome. And that's what I learned early on is that, yes, I had to be present and fully in the moment, etc. But if I didn't know where I was going, I could have taken any road to get there and made, you know, multiple mistakes and made decisions. I find that my decision making power because of how I work backwards, I make decisions. I decide I move on. I decide I move on. I decide I move on. Even when we we're buying furniture for our renovation. Yeah, that's the one I want. Check. I don't need to look at five or six different light fixtures. That's the one I want. Decide, move on. It's in my price range. Got it. Deliver. It's just a quicker way for me to get to the result that I want so that I don't have to live into this world of confusion or or fear or complication or complexities. That back then, when I started deciding that I wanted my life to feel like flow, 
and joy and ease. And the word that my every year I come up with at New Year's, my same word every year for the last 32 years is peace. Mm. That's my only goal. So when I see myself into the future, my future state, and the way that I want to show up is peaceful. And when I'm not that, I have to look at myself and I have to check in. So peace and joy and love and flow and all, they're just words. But what they did back then was they gave me a bit of a roadmap and a blueprint so that if I would make a decision in the direction that I wanted to go, if it didn't bring me some sort of peace or, or some type of learning or humility, then I made a different choice. And I, actually, it says that on the back of the jerseys, and it has for 22 years at Quantum Speed. It's like we took a big stamp and put the word decide on the back of the hockey sweaters so that the player that's skating behind the guy in front of him always knows that he's in choice. And that's the other thing that really helped me on this trajectory of creating my future state is knowing that I had to make decisions. I couldn't just walk the middle. I had to decide. And, you know, if I screwed up or I didn't like the result, I got to rechoose. So all that being said, you know, working backwards from a future state, and that's how I coach the athletes now is working backwards from what it is you say you want and then making the decisions in the smallest possible way. Like think big, huge, but act small, take small steps. So let's think about a couple things. You know, what are we working backwards from? You know, when we talk about future states, so, you know, let's just do a quick exercise. If you're sitting and listening to this uh, podcast or watching this podcast, you know, think about 10 years ago. Think about who you were just 10 years ago. If you can go back to 20 years ago, go ahead, but go back 10 years ago. Who were you 10 years ago? And think about who you are today. Now, I'm not just talking about what you're doing, but who you are as an individual. What kind of wisdom have you gained? What characteristics, what character have you developed? You know, think about what you might've been doing as a career. If you're in a leadership role, are you a better leader? So think about the, you know, go back 10 years. Who was I 10 years ago? What was I doing? Who was I being? What was the dramas I was dealing with? What were the challenges? What were the wins? What was my attitude? Was I out having a good time, you know, partying and now I'm not, or I was really serious and now I'm not. So whatever the journey has been, think back 10 years and really kind of reflect on where you were 10 years ago and then think about where you are today and who you're being today, how you're showing up, what are the things that are happening in your life, what are the way you handle challenges. If you are, again, if you're a leader in a team, for example, you know, how is your leadership developed? How is your business developed? How is your career developed? And how have you developed along with that? Now, I think in most cases, we're going to be able to look back in 10 years and go, wow, have I ever come a long way? And hopefully you can do that. Hopefully you can look back 10 years and go, holy cow, have I ever come a long way? And if you can't, well, then you have to look at it and go, holy cow, what am I going to do different? And so then we think about 10 years into the future. Now, most, I think, would be surprised at how far they've come in 10 years if you really think about it. You know, 10 years ago, you have to go back and try and imagine that mindset. Close your eyes. Or if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But just think about who you were and how you were thinking 10 years ago. Come ahead 10 years to today. You see the miles that you've gained, the wisdom that you've gained, the perhaps the 
family. Now you're maybe a parent. Maybe you're in a relationship. Think about how far you've come. Career, business, whatever it might be. 10 years now. That's kind of a cool exercise to do. Well, actually, as I was listening to you, as I, I was doing it myself and I realized, you know, if we date ourselves back to 2013 and, and who we were and excited to be on a new journey and moving downtown Vancouver and, um, mm-hmm. you know, building businesses and being creative and meeting new people and who we were being back then was also part of the trajectory around what we were creating and who we wanted to be in the community, the contributions we wanted to make. And I still you know, I look back at that time and go, you know, I'm really grateful that we've been doing the work that we've been doing because there was some some seeds that we were planting, even in a future state, knowing that my goal was always to live downtown Vancouver. And somehow from the 10 years before that, we created it. So we ended up spending three years in downtown Vancouver, which allowed me to achieve my goal of that. And you came with me and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately it is really an amazing exercise and to just because we can't judge ourselves in this moment sometimes we can only really see how far we've come and we take the moment to look back and go who was i being back then what was i thinking about who was i hanging out with what was i tolerating what was i putting up with what was i what was i dreaming about back then and i remember when we moved out of our home in edmonton i found 17 journals that i'd written over the years 17 packed journals in like from obviously 17 years of living there. And I had almost a journal for every year and going back and reading that and just so grateful for the journey that we were on. Even some of the books that I read back then, you know, they were, it was Louise Hay, for example, You Can Heal Your Life was the book that, you know, basically launched my journey. And I read it in, I want to say in 1985 or something, 1986. And I found the journal entries about who I was being back then. And boy, was I ever naive. Wow. I mean, I don't want to say I was dumb, but I thought I knew so much and I just knew nothing. So a lot of humility has come from that. Well, I mean, those were really cool times, you know, along this many years, you know, you think about it and and I think about influences on me, you know, Ram Dass, Stuart Wilde, uh, Wayne Dyer, of course, when I talk about, I mean, so many influences I've had by authors in terms of my writing and on my own journey. But, you know, when you think about those 10 years ago and where you are today and the adjustments that you're making along the way, ultimately, you have to think about if you want to grow, who do you need to be to live the life that you say you want to live? How do you want to show up? Like, what is the insights that you're sharing with yourself, I guess? What is the What is the view of the world that you have that goes, gosh, you know, if I'm going to be that. So we'll use some examples. You know, think about if you want to be on, I don't know, we we go to a a podium, an Olympic medalist, you have to do this. But just forget it. Like, think about if you want to be physically healthy, you start the trajectory and you say, okay, I've got to start eating right. I've got to start exercising, getting out, being active doing all the things that get you into that space of being healthy, you know, physically, even mentally and emotionally. What do you have to do? So when you look at where you are today and you go, you know, this is good, but I want to do better. So who do you have to become to be better? What do you have to adopt? And these are the journeys that we talk about and go on and and be very intentional about defining your future self. So if you look 10 years into the future, 
Think about the trajectory. And so a great quote is that the trajectory is more important than who you are today. Again, think about the trajectory of 10 years past where you've come to, take a minute, own that, and go, wow. Now, think about 10 years into the future. Forget about what you want to achieve. Who do you have to be to achieve whatever that might be that you're trying to achieve? So it's a it's a kind of a shift of how we view the future state of who we need to be. Wow. I think about, you know, there's an exercise I do is, Two, there's two exercises. One is is dear future self. There's a letter that um, I have my clients write to their future self, um, a gratitude letter about on the date that they won their Olympic medal or their their Stanley Cup or they closed the biggest deal of their life. So they write the the letter to themselves with that date or with that similar to that whole that Jim Carrey story. I don't know if you remember that where he tells the story about he writes a check for ten million dollars and puts it in a drawer and then finds it and whatever. There is a there is power when you write something down. So the the exercise called is called Dear Future Self. Mm-hmm. And I would invite people to consider writing a letter to their future self from today. So from today, who you're being and that you look forward to meeting your future self, looking forward to to all the lessons that you're going to learn over the years, what you're going to have to accomplish to get to where you say you want to go. So that's called Dear Future Self. I can go into it more, but I think we're going to I'd like to fold that in to shift this year. I think it's a really powerful lesson. Lesson, And the other one is called the dash. The dash is, my mom said that you should only have your, your name in the paper twice. The day you're born and the day you die. Mm. I've been in the paper more, but ultimately, you know, from a, from a place of, of really just living your life, those are the only two times you should be in the newspaper. But the day, from the day you're born and the day you die, on your tombstone, there's a dash. So the, day, the year you were born, dash dot, 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 the, the year that you die. And the exercise is called the dash. And I ask people to write their, almost like their epitaph or their eulogy as to what they would be saying and what would people be saying about you in your dash? What was what was your dash about? Your dash meaning your life. Because if that's all it is, if this is just a dash, then I want to be responsible for making it the best, the most fun, the most, the most peaceful, the most, the most controversial, the most contributional, et cetera, that I can because it's my dash. Mm. And when you hold it that way and you see how short we're, our lives really are, is that when we're looking forward to our future state or to what we want to live and how we want to be in our lives and what we want our lives to feel like, what is what is your dash? So, you know, when I think about, and I'm going to go back a little bit about defining oneself, you know, I think about years ago, you know, you working for the Oilers, me kind of supporting that in terms of, you know, I had all the reasons in the world to be a jealous, significant other, you know, young, beautiful wife working with multi-millionaire <laughs> NHL hockey players, you know, hundreds of them over the years. And like, I had to really, you know, I guess I didn't, didn't have to do anything, but I could have been very, very jealous a lot of times. I mean, think about that, but I never Sometimes was. Sometimes I wish you were jealous. <laughs> Maybe. But the thing is, is I didn't. I was just realizing that this is who you had to be and how you had to go. And then I started looking at how do we define ourselves? And that was really the body of work. What is the definition and how do you want to be? And how do you want to be known or what do you want to be known for? And, you know, I look at over all of these years, the one thing I've always tried to be is a really strong proponent for 
powerful women. You know, I remember back in those years just how beat up you got. You know, who are you? You're a woman in a man's world. And it used to piss me off because I'm going, like, you have no clue who this woman is. And so, of course, now, you know, I've got a daughter. I've got a granddaughter. I had three sisters. I, you know, my wife and friends. I've, I really wanted to be, and I felt very passionate and strong about, you know, my choices, which was to say, no, I want to stand for women who are powerful. And, you know, you men who can't take it, step to the side. You know, like it was really pissing me off the the attitude that so many men had around powerful women. It was intimidating to them. And for me, it was like, this is cool stuff. So, but those were decisions. Those were, I could have been, and I could have gone down a more, I guess, common path or traditional path of masculinity, perhaps, where, you know, women <laughs> need to stay home. I don't know what the belief system was. My point is, is that that was a decision by me that I got really passionate about. But that, you know, I think about many years later and where we even sit today. I mean, consider how many women that are in our life that I've supported, we've supported in being very successful as women in their careers and in their businesses. Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, all we have to do is look at the pool parties. There's you and all these beautiful women. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and every single one of them adores you and loves you and holds you in a space of just knowing that you are that stand. And, you know, for for the guys that are listening out there, is that it? I don't think it was easy for you. I mean, when you were defending me, even to some of your business partners and friends and even your family, I was doing things that were really out there and you just had my back and I don't I mean I know why because I'm amazing but you had my back in a way that I think took a stand for not just me but for who you were going to be in our relationship and how you were going to support me and I mean we've been tested over the years 100% but that's normal and I think but had we not had that foundation and decided who we were going to be as a couple and how you know I hear the term now power couple you know, thrown out and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're just a couple of bumpkins that just love each other and want to do the best we can and support the shit out of each other to be their best. And you know what? Part of that is what brings us our biggest fights is when I see you not being your best self and owning that side of you that is powerful and and, and clearly a, a man of his word and of integrity. And, and if you've ever compromised that, I, I can smack you pretty hard. And I know that's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. So, you know, through all of this, you know, I don't know where we often where we go on these podcasts in, in these conversations. But ultimately, when we look at the future state or our future self, it really is intentional. And sometimes we just have to take the time to think about it and realize that, you know, are we living our best life? And what is living our best life is when we're being true to ourselves, when we're actually being the contribution we want to be, where we are uh, showing up and gaining the reputation that we want to gain when we show up and are being the, I guess, the decision maker, the leader, the person that we see ourselves as being capable of, or even if we're looking at somebody that we admire and going, no, if he can do it or she can do it, I can do it too. Well, 
then you have to intentionally make that decision and set the trajectory for going there because it's not a switch that you flip. It's actually a journey that you go on. And when you're working backwards from being and showing up a certain way, achieving certain results, you know, what does it take to achieve those results? We often talk about, you know, what is success? And immediately people go to, you know, what is my life and what is my lifestyle and what is my bank account? All good, whatever it is for you. But the point is, is it how do you have to show up? Who do you have to be to actually achieve that result? And that is really what this conversation is all about. When we look at creating your future state, your future self, it is by design, it is intentional. When we do the work we do within the SHIFT program, which was kind of where we started this, it really is creating a context for your life by design, intentionally going through all seven areas of your life and looking at it in a powerful way so that if you're that parent that wants to be a stand for your children in a certain way or for your family, you design it, you define it, you go, no, this is it. And this is the journey I'm going to go on. This is how I'm going to show up. And that takes a commitment to being your best self. It actually takes an investment in yourself of time, of energy, of coaching, perhaps. But it really does take a very intentional decision to say, no, this is the journey that I'm going to go on. And so I pass it over to you. Any final wise words that you want to share? Well, thanks for that. I think the wise, I don't know. I feel like as I get older, I'm less I'm less smart, but maybe I'm more wise. <laughs> um, there's a way to look at this entire conversation around future self is that it starts today. As much as we need to be present in the moment, we also have to be linking to the future and the future state of what we want to show up as and who we want to be will start to give us clues. And setting that goal and setting that intention and that desired outcome starts to give feedback and clues as to what's working and what's not working in your life. And if you keep ending up with a result you don't like, there's a chance that you, I don't know, could be working on the definition of insanity, as uh, our dear Einstein said, is to maybe it's time to take a different tact, to take a different road, to turn left instead of turn right. Try something new. Because you can set a goal, you can decide to go somewhere and any path will get you there. You know, you can do a whole bunch of ziggy zags, but the trajectory or if you really want to live a life of design and excellence, it's a straight line. It's really simple. Life's not a straight line, but excellence is a straight line and it's calm and it's quiet. And the clues come from setting the intention of the context for your life from a future state. And I really want to, to focus on that. And if people have questions on that, email us at CEO at raincanada.com because I know that this, I believe that this is going to activate some really interesting questions and some curiosity from our listeners. And I hope it leads to joining us in Shift and maybe, you know, engaging more in Mindset Matters community. But I want to invite people to think about who they're being today and are they on the right, correct not the right, but the correct trajectory to their future state and who they want to be in the future. None of this is guaranteed. None of us are given a life beyond this moment, but we're all given the opportunity to set a life of how we want to show up in the world and the difference we want to make. So reach out to us and uh, hopefully we'll see you in shift. And then um, I'm excited about our next conversation. Beautiful. Be intentional. Look into the future 10 years. Who do you want to be? 
make a note, set three priorities, start there. You know, what do I got to show up at? Like the worst case scenario, I got to at least hit these three. Do something, look into the future 10 years. Don't be reactive, be proactive in your own kind of future development. And Stephanie, thanks for that. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.